Hey guys, how's everybody doing? Steven Scudgeon here. For anybody new documenting my journey to hopefully maybe racing a marathon in Tokyo 2020. Um, it's Saturday morning in Flagstaff. Um, today's Askol Friday, but even though it's Saturday, I think it just works better because of the time difference if I just leave um, answering questions until Saturday morning. Um, it just gives a lot more time for any questions to be asked on Friday. Um, it's also Seville Marathon tomorrow, which is pretty cool. I know a lot of Irish guys like to go over to Seville. It's, it's probably easy enough travel, although I've never done it. I'm sure it's comfortable enough to travel across. Um, and it, it looks like it's a really fast course, usually gets pretty decent weather. I look the weather forecast up, it's like 8 to 10 kilometer an hour winds and I think like 8 degrees Celsius to 13. I don't honestly think you get any more perfect weather for that. So for anybody doing that, massive good luck. I know there's a big group from Tala AC, so good luck lads. Um, watch the documentary on Team Sky Cycling. And one of the questions was, what what do you say to the riders before they go out to do like a time trial or a big stage? And the guy that kind of looks after the riders just said, look, um, I feel like you could either you could either say the right thing and it maybe give them a tiny boost, or you could say the complete wrong thing and it would give them an absolute disastrous negative thing to think about during the race. So. Um, what they say is do what you do best and ride your bike. So all I'll say is look, be sensible, do what you do best and run. And don't don't overcomplicate it. Be smart. It's a marathon. I would say run the first probably twelve to sixteen miles with your head. Um, and then yeah, if you have any heart and any legs to go. Then you can start moving on from maybe mile 16 onwards but it's a long ass way even from mile 16 so just be smart be in control focus on relaxing focus on feeling good um and just try to zone out a little bit that's what i do um just try to switch off and and clock the miles off as quickly as i possibly can um so yeah good luck lads easy day for me today um five stuff's so crap right now like it snows or so today we drove to a place called Winona Um, it's nice that you can drive about 25 to 30 minutes and there's no snow but it's literally a sort of trail dirt road next to a highway and so it was just yeah it was really hard work like it gets gets super windy so you do like four miles out and then you do four miles back and the wind on the way back was just absolutely a joke. Like the whole, I had the like, actually two miles to go. I had to like kind of tell myself to politely shut the fuck up and stop complaining. Like I'm lucky that I'm, that I'm able to run. There's people that would love to be running today and obviously they can't. So yeah, I kind of had a little go at myself, but at the same time, it is, it is bloody annoying. It is bloody frustrating. Um, I'm starting to get a bit peeved off with, the weather here, the snow in general, and um, other little stuff. Um, just uh, mainly just the snow, the wind today, obviously. Um, all right, so ask all Friday. I might as well jump straight in. I'm just trying to look back to 
what it were all I answered to. So I think Shane Clark is the next question. And that's thanks for all the great info on the pod. What's a more effective use in hills and training? Short all-out bursts or longer sustained efforts? I'm not. I, I might have answered this, but look, um, both are equally really good. They just have different. Um, you get a different outcome from doing either. So short all-out bursts is neuromuscular power. Um, if you can't get in the gym, then something like twice a week six to eight times 10 second hills where you're almost going as fast as you can and when i say almost i mean just don't go ballistic but you can still certainly get a a really hard effort going maybe like i said six to eight of those and you don't need to progress the time on those the whole point is to do short and fast um and you can do that once or twice a week actually if you, you can't get access to a gym coach maybe the hills would be better for you um, rather than kind of maybe doing gym wrong or um, not knowing what load you can handle, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, um, longer hills. Yeah, I, I think I definitely did answer this because I'm about to answer the exact same thing. Um, sometimes in winter, we would do six times three minute hills and I would actually go and race maybe even like a 3K indoors after doing these or um, like fast stuff. But it just meant we could do six times three minutes uphill and run each rep nearly as hard as we could. And the le- the body would just take a much less beating than, say, perhaps going to the track and doing six by K as hard as you can. That's just going to beat your legs up way more. So sometimes you can get a good effort going uphill without the same pounding on the body. So, yeah, have a little have a little go at those. So, Rory Donnelly, what can we learn from Kipchoge? At the end of the day, I think we can learn a lot. Um, he, he's he's the best in the world right now. Um, a lot what I a lot of what I admire about Kipchoge is, and I think a lot of other people is just how like, I think just how passionate he is about running, and he just seems to be in a really good place with it, and um you know you probably all seen that when he's at camp he's cleaning toilets like everybody else is he's dusting floors he's mopping floors he cooks you know and and i think that's really really special that he doesn't it doesn't get way over his head and he just stays pretty humble and um works hard and i'm sure he has i mean i've heard talk that he gets like treatment every day and certain luxuries like this and i'm sure he does um but he definitely stays humble and i just he this is a guy who i probably something stupid like 12 years ago was winning world championship medals so he's probably been training at a high level for 12 to 15 years and he clearly knows his body really really well and so yeah i i think we can learn to to stay humble to um find some sort of joy in the process and enjoy what you're doing um and yeah like not not the i don't think kipchoge complicates it I, I think he just works hard he really believes in himself so maybe like when when i talked about the pat in the back and and maybe giving yourself a bit more credit then maybe that can start to generate some more self-belief and congratulating your body on the good days and not beating it up on the bad days i think kipchoge definitely believes in himself um as far as the training standpoint goes um i've seen 
I've seen little bits of Kipchoge. Um, like I think everybody's seen when he released his build up to Berlin, um, world record attempt, and he, from what I seen, he was doing something like a track session Tuesday, Thursday he would do a long tempo, and Saturday he would do a fartlek. Um, the long tempo was anything from 18 miles one Thursday to I think 24 miles the next Thursday but what what was quite impressive about that was now you can't really look at speed because I think he was averaging something like 520 to 530 per mile on any given day trouble is it's eight or nine thousand feet in Kenya rolling hills and when you read the log it says like trail was really bad today you know and and it's not it's not comparable if you go do your tempo on the road for example at sea level um but one of the things i did see was like he doesn't he doesn't run at like ridiculous speeds when i when i kind of made it relative it looked like he was operating at about 20 to 30 seconds slower than marathon race pace um but to be able to sustain i remember doing mile reps on lake mary road with haas and like we we discussed Kipchoge and at the end of the day if I could handle one of those a week I would be doing one of those a week but up until now I've only ever done in this build-up I think we did four longer tempos four weeks in a row and it buggered up my hamstrings so like any like everything in your next marathon build-up maybe you should pencil in one or two Rome wasn't built in the day. I don't think you can go from never including certain things like this in your training to all of a sudden banging in eight every two weeks for 16 weeks. That's impossible of your body. You can't ask that of your body. So it's all it's all about moderation. You can you can add in a couple of new things. The the things that you can do straight away is things like nutrition the prehab stuff, the rehab stuff, like you can, you can do that sort of stuff, like almost instant and as much of it as you want, as much of it as you're willing to do. Um, but when you're going to add in new things from the likes of somebody like Kipchoge's training, and even I have to be sensible about how much I'm adding in and I already run 90 to hundred mile a week. And I've already, I already train at a pretty high level, pretty fast tempos, all, all the rest of it, but everything in moderation, if you're not absorbing the training you're doing, it's a waste of time. So you might go out and work really hard, not absorb it, and you just wasted your time. Um, so there you go. Hope that hope that helps. Okay, <clears throat> here we go. Carl, um, thoughts and opinions on 59.13, new European record from the Swiss Man Wonders. I watched it. Um, I was in an Epsom bath, like I always am. Um, and I, yeah, I, I watched it live. I... I already knew that he was going to run super fast. Uh, my first reaction is half marathon really, like to run fast at half marathon, you need to pick a very fast course and favorable weather because it's 13 miles. So you can't afford, maybe if it's too cold or maybe if it's too hot, maybe if there's hills, maybe if there's wind, you just can't afford to lose five seconds a mile because it adds up very quickly. If it's if it's hilly, sometimes you lose 15 to 20 seconds a mile. And it's very difficult to make that up on like a fast descent, for example, because it just buggers your legs up. 
Um, so I think course is a big thing. I think if anybody watched that rack half marathon or you can Google it, it's a, it's just a super fast course. Um, the weather was essentially perfect. It was still, there was no wind whatsoever. I, I want to say like two or three mile per hour, um, which is just, Given that I ran in 13 mile per hour winds in London and Houston, I, I would love two or three mile per hour. It would just be amazing. Um, and it makes a huge difference. Like I remember in Houston, um, I was running like 501, 502 per mile. Um, and it was kind of like a, probably like a bit of a tailwind or maybe a bit of a cross tailwind. And then I sweep around a corner into a headwind. And I remember just thinking, back and I started running maybe like 515 516 and and you're losing that's like 14 seconds a mile and you're putting this exact same effort in or more effort and yeah wind can be super frustrating so I, I think it's one of the things I realized and maybe it's the same with a half marathon you 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 gotta just do your training take care of business show up on race day and whatever's thrown at you take it but hope that on one of the times you show up, it just works in your favor. And you get maybe, like Seville looks like tomorrow, maybe you get five to six mile per hour winds, pretty decent heat, um, as long as it's not too hot. Anything under probably 12, 12 degrees Celsius is absolutely fine. Um, so yeah, rack half marathon, just super. Um, very, very fast. But this Wanders kid is clearly working very, very hard. Um, I, I know a lot of people are pointing the finger at him and saying drugs and I just don't really think like that like I just think like this kid's working really hard and I think if I can run 63 and I don't think I'm working like I'm working hard but I'm, I'm still only running 90 to 95 mile a week etc etc if he's doing 130 and training with a group of Kenyans on a daily basis well I don't know maybe that's where it gets to maybe he's more talented than I am and clearly the rest of Europe and um, yeah, like I, I wouldn't, I, I just don't like pointing the finger because I don't know anything about him. And I, so I wouldn't do that. I think he's just working extremely hard um, and getting results for it. Okay, Anthony McGrath, do you ever have GI issues before or during runs? Can I be completely honest? I don't know what GI issues are. Rachel says it's stomach problems. Very good. Um, very no, I don't. Um, my let me see. Do you ever get GI? I struggle with this, and although I know it's an individual thing, maybe there's general thoughts. I'm working on meal timing. Um, yeah, I I would say meal time is a big thing. What you're having would be a big thing. Um, I used to just have a cup of coffee before runs, and now I've started having breakfast. And I remember one day I didn't have a smoothie, and I felt terrible. Um, and so I'm, I'm, maybe I'm like, maybe I need to back off breakfast some days and just go back to running without breakfast. But look, what about like, just try and is, is it, maybe it's everything. Is it everything? Like, have you tried smoothies? Have you tried just plain white bread, not even having butter, just a cup of coffee and a slice of white toast. Um, I know things like wholemeal bread and things like that can upset your stomach. Um, any of the granary type bread can upset your stomach. Fish can, nuts can um dairy should upset your stomach but it doesn't really upset mine when i have it in the smoothie um but yeah maybe trying different things um maybe yeah maybe, maybe this is the kind of thing you should just throw a comment out to the uk run chat twitter and maybe maybe there'll be guys out there that can help so good luck 
Okay, David, why did you select Flagstaff as a training location over other high-altitude training camps? You know, I wish I fucking didn't. Excuse my language, but today sucked. Um, wind and snow. It's supposed to snow for the next 10 days. Um, but I mean, it's 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 a mountain, you know. It's the it's a mountain in winter, so I guess what do you expect? Um, so yeah, that that's where we're at. Um, I chose Flagstaff because Scott Overall was coming here in 2017. I just started back running. Maybe I was back running four or five weeks, and Scott said he was going to go to Flagstaff. Um, I think I told him if he would cover my rent, I would go, and then I didn't even mind if I slept on the floor. The flight was like a thousand pounds. But in the end, I had to pay for my own rent anyway. But I was delighted, obviously, that I went. Um, that was my first ever trip. And then I met my coach at the minute, Stephen Haas, up here. And, um, I, yeah, I guess I just liked it. I liked the setup. I, it's not – there's nothing glamorous about Flagstaff, I can tell you that. It's just – you just come here to work hard. And you, you, you're only really here to train and, and, and getting maybe away from – my weaknesses are when I'm at home, I'm not as settled. My structure isn't as good. I, I party. When I come to Flagstaff, I just get away from potential weaknesses. And like rather than having to face them head on every weekend or every week or having to motivate myself every day to stay as focused in Belfast as I am in Flagstaff, I just don't even have to do that. I just come here and it works really well. But yeah, the answer to that is Scott Overall. Two years ago, we came here for the first time and um, before I left, Stephen Haas, my coach, said, look, if you, if you ever need anything, if you ever want to come back, just give me a shout. And I feel like he kind of says that to everybody. And, and then I just happened to take him up on it. And boom, I think like two months later, I was back here. And I've just kept doing the same ever since. Just keep coming back. So, yeah, look, it really works for me. And um, it feels somewhat like home for me. And, yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay, Jim. You talk a lot about activation exercises. Can you give examples of these or a routine? Um, a lot of people ask for this, and I, I, I just send it to them. Um, so if you want to ask, I can send it to you. I, I'm, not, I'm not intelligent enough to start talking about it. It's not my skill set. Like, there's very simple exercises. The, <clears throat> when, I, when I did gym work, I would do gym work, and I would do some groin exercises, some ab stuff. Um, hamstring and glute stuff and my, my response to the physios and the SNC guys was look for some reason I always feel far better in the second set and and then something just struck a chord I just thought you know what like maybe it takes the first set to activate your muscles or warm up etc and and so I thought to myself like on a daily basis this is something I should be doing before runs so when I when I take my first stride on a run even though it's easy pace Hopefully, my muscles are just slightly better activated. So, yeah, look, it's not rocket science, but if you want me to, it's, it's just like some simple glute bridges and some single leg stuff, some hamstring walkouts and some stretching, some ab stuff, and then some groin squeezes. Um, it's good. Okay, Sean McHugh, have you seen last night's RMAF 5K race? What a standard of a race to have in Ireland. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. I did... I did the Armagh Road Race. I have no idea what year it would have been now. It could have been like the year 2001 or 2002. And I remember running like 840-something for 3K. It was it was really impressive. Um, but yeah, that's a long time ago now. Um, it just looks like it's you're getting a lot of good athletes 
um, together, pushing themselves really hard. And you know what? Like that, the setup that those guys have at Armagh, that's the setup that the likes of the Rack Half Marathon has with sub 60 minute guys. So a really fast course, maybe the weather was pretty good at Armagh the other night. I don't know. But once you get all elements coming together, weather, course, competition, really good things can happen. Um, so yeah, there you go. Um, I I think for a long time it was people sort of mentioned that it was short or things like this. But honestly, I think you're just getting really good guys coming together. Um, and I'm and I'm sure they wheeled the course a couple of times. Um, and and yeah, I think you get good guys coming together with good weather and and fast times happen. So yeah, very well done. Okay, Jason Scott. Need some marathon pacers for 2nd of June. Because you'd be the celebrity, we'll let you pick the pace you want. Um, you might get a t-shirt or top. Can't guarantee that budget pressure. I'll buy you a pound at the end. Can you make it? Um, unfortunately not, no. Um, I think in June I'll be racing the 10K in America on the track. So, yeah, sorry about that, buddy. Um, okay, next question. Don't take gels during a marathon, only water. Any recommendations what other things I could take to help during a marathon? I think it's tough. Like one of one of my pieces of advice would be to look up most most courses nowadays have drinks on the course, whether it's Lucasade, Gatorade, Powerade. Um and so I, I would look up what the what the course does. Um and if the course has Lucasade, for example, then you should practice Lucasade. I know people run with gels. You can stuff gels up your arm sleeves. Um, you can you could even stuff them in your compression sock for that matter and then reach down when you need it. Probably losing a couple of seconds reaching down when you need it. If if you've practiced gels and you find they help, well then it's probably worth it. Um personally I use the Mortan. I use I, I Houston was different because it was so cold and I really struggled with drinks, but ordinarily I would have drunk three or four gulps every five kilometers and then I would have took probably three or four gels on top of that but my gels were frozen and my hands were too cold to pick up the drinks and um, I think it did make a difference but I also think if you're pretty fit things like this are just a bonus but I but I wouldn't avoid it I think you should definitely learn to drink some electrolyte drinks or you can even bring like what about like bringing like the SOS sachets just in like they're just little sachets. And then if the course has cups or bottles of water, you can just pour them in. And similarly, I'm sure you could get like dissolvable tablets that have some kind of electrolytes or maybe even carbohydrate in them. And again, you could drop them into a cup. Just make sure you have a rough idea. If the dissolvable tablet is for 500 mils, then make sure you're either cutting it in half or in a quarter, whatever you need. Um, but yeah, like there's lots of little things you could do. If I didn't have elite drinks, these are the kind of things that I'd be doing. Um, and, and it's not really, I did London in 2017 without elite drinks. And the only difference it made is that I drank full concentration Lucasade on the course. Whereas if I was going to put Lucasade Sport in the, an elite drink, for example, like where I had my own bottle, I might mix it with water. So it's kind of like three quarter strength instead of full strength, just in case it bangs up my stomach a bit. But there you go. Okay, Kyle, probably too late. Big fan of the podcast. 
What did you think about living and training in America? Was there much of a culture shock when you got there? Well, I had came to America in 2007? No, 2009 for scholarship. So, I mean, I, I always liked America. I think the people in America are very helpful, very nice people. Um, sometimes probably I, I, I confuse it with too nice. Because like you know, you know, if you're in the UK or Ireland and someone's being too nice, you're you're kind of thinking they're a bit shady, and you're thinking in the back of your head like, what the fuck does this person actually want? Um, but that's not really the case in America. I think there's just a lot of niceness, and like I said, sometimes I think it's too nice, and I don't know if it's real, but maybe that's the culture shock. Um, I think Ireland, UK, we're very straight talking. Um, sometimes in America, it's not as straight talking. Um. But in terms of food, um, training routines, weather, yeah, like at the minute Flagstaff has been pretty rough, the snow and the cold and the wind, um, but I'm sure you guys in the UK are having very similar, wind, rain, cold, um, and maybe that's just the way it works, winter's pretty tough for the training, and but yeah, no, no culture shock, um, very well used to Americans, and um yeah, I'm, I'm really happy here, so that's a good thing. Maybe that's why it works so well. Okay, last question. John Payne, off to Belfast in a couple of weeks, and I need to fit my 20-mile long run in. Any routes or suggestions where to head? Do you know what, buddy? I'm just going to retweet this, and hopefully somebody can help because I don't train much in Belfast, and, and I'm hoping that perhaps somebody might even join up with you, um, and then you get some company. So there you go. Um, I'm tweeting it right now. Anybody able to help? Question mark. Um, so there you go. That's Ask All Friday finished. Um, not locking on with me. I was loading the strength stuff and building up the mileage, and my my left hamstring flared up a little bit. I've still been able to run, but um, frustratingly, I couldn't do track stuff on Friday. I I maybe could have, but I just made the decision not to. Um. I have a lot of time to slowly get fit, you could say, and so, yeah, maybe it was important not to rush that, um, I was able to do 11 and a half miles yesterday, I did 8 miles this morning, and didn't really feel it too bad, I go to see that physio next Wednesday, John, in Phoenix, so, yeah, hopefully he can have a look at what's going on, it's, it's probably the fact that I ran a bit faster, on my session on Tuesday, I think we ran like a, I mean, it was only like a 442 mile on the road, but I guess the marathon wasn't that long ago. And, um, maybe the hamstrings just hadn't completely settled fully. And I think I was loading too much in the gym, too much rehab and combine that with mileage and hillier mileage and fly stuff. Yeah. I think we just overloaded a little bit and these things happen and I, I've got to just adjust the program and, but yeah, I was a little bit pissed off about it, to say the least. Um, I kind of get frustrated. I, I hold myself very accountable for injuries. And I think to myself, like, you know, you're you're chatting on a daily basis to this podcast about how much you're including strength stuff and how it's way more than before. And like, maybe I should have, maybe I should have knew, um, maybe also a bit frustrating because my, I think my, I don't, I don't know that my physio and strength coach are on the same page. Um it was one of the things I complained about after Houston was that we need to make sure we're all on the same page so that like the strength coach knows exactly what the physio has said in terms of strength stuff. And, and I don't want to end up double doing exercises and maybe that's what I ended up doing. I was doing like hamstring stuff, glute stuff, 
on a Monday with the strength guy. And then on a Tuesday, I'm doing hamstring stuff and glute stuff as rehab stuff from the physio. And, and then my activation program has hamstring stuff and glute stuff. And yeah, maybe we just overloaded and overcompensated and, and yeah, like they, they broke down a little bit. So, well, the left one did, which is really interesting because it was the right one that broke down more after Houston. So, yeah, but like I said, just have to adjust and didn't do the track session. I'm hoping tomorrow I might have to pick a more flat run rather than a hilly run. And maybe that'll help. And then the, the main goal is that by Tuesday I can jump back in doing a session with the guys, the Japanese guys and, and Pat Casey, the American that I would train with up here. So yeah, fingers crossed that that all goes well. Yeah, I, I envy or I don't envy whatever the word would be anyone that is hurt. It's a it's a it's even frustrating for me just having to change training. So anyone that's actually hurt, <clears throat> I got an email from a guy the other day telling me that he had been hurt, and my response was that being hurt is a good time to work on the things that maybe you struggle with, whether it's nutrition, core, strength, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like. It's a, it's the prime time to do that, and it makes you feel good about yourself. Sure, you're still a bit pissed off that you can't run, but at least you're proud of yourself for doing a couple of other things that day that might help move you forward. So there you go. Look, guys, have a great day. Have a great weekend. Like I said, good luck for Seville Marathon tomorrow, guys. Be careful. Be sensible. Be smart. Um, not totally sure what all Irish guys are doing it. Um, if a couple of the faster guys are doing it, um, I know Mick Lahessey did it last year. So if, if Mick is doing it, good luck. I'm sure we'll read tomorrow. Um, ha, of, of course, I'd love to see Mick do well, but I'd also love my 2.14.30 to stay top of those rankings for a bit longer. But yeah, we'll see. Good luck, guys.